Welcome to Walk in Truth. These are the Bible teachings of Pastor Michael Lance, equipping you to reach out with God's truth to all people. Learn more about the church behind the program, how to contact us, and learn more about the podcast when you visit walkintruth.com. Now, here's Pastor Michael's teaching in Galatians 6, 6 through 10, called Sowing and Reaping. I know that probably all of you saw the George Floyd video uh, where he was uh, in custody and that officer had his knee on his neck and it went on and on and on and on. And it's just a tragic, tragic situation. And uh, he perished. And uh, it's just a tragic thing. I know that our black brothers and sisters in the black community are brokenhearted, hurting, and uh, over the years, as I've ministered and talked with some of my fellow pastors who are black brothers and brothers in the Lord, um, they have told me what they go through. And I will tell you that uh, they get pulled over more than a lot of us. There is such a thing as racial profiling that goes on. Uh, it's sad, but it is a reality that if you have black skin, you have to face it and you have to deal with it. And I will tell you this, that... Um, one of my longtime best friends was a Corona PD police officer for a number of years. He's now retired and moved out of state. And he is one of the best, most morally upright and godly men I've ever known. So it would be a mistake for us to broad brush any of these categories. And that's unfortunately what happens is an incident happens and then a lot of broad brushing happens and we begin to make categories when really it's about individuals. It's not about broad brushing categories. It's about individual choices. In fact, that's what today's message is about. It's about that we reap what we sow. But I'll tell you that our country is reeling. And you may be asking, what should we do? How should we respond? I think there's a couple things I would say. Number one, let's be careful that we don't broad brush. Number two, let's walk in humility. Humility will cause you to listen to someone else's point of view that you may not understand. You may not understand what they go through or what they face, or you may not even agree with them, but you need to listen. I need to listen. And that's something that I've tried to do as uh, I've inter interacted with a lot of different people over the years, is I'm here to listen. I don't know what you go through. I don't know everything, so I want to listen. Number three, there's some things that we need to repent of. And I would say if there's racism in our hearts, we need to repent. There is no place for that in any of our hearts. The things that, that is really going to bring hopefully some calm and resolve to these issues is going to be love and humility and walking together. I know that some people that went out to protest went out to peacefully protest, just like some of you may have peacefully protested against some of the things going on with the coronavirus. And that's our right as American citizens. But those protests have now degenerated into people taking advantage of it and now looting and destroying property and stealing. And now they've just exploited it for their own ends, which is pretty much I want to destroy stuff and take what I can from stores and businesses, which doesn't help anybody. But that's where we are right now. So as the church of Jesus Christ, I think there's some things that we can hopefully do and we need to pray. Let's pray before we get going. Father, 
our hearts are breaking for where our country is at on so many levels. Uh, there's tension and division, destruction. Um, sadly, this is just things that happen, and they've happened on multiple occasions over the years. And there, there's been injustices that have happened right before our eyes, Lord, wrongs that have happened. And I know that our black brothers and sisters are hurting and we pray over them, and we pray that there would be understanding, humility, repentance where there needs to be repentance. And I just pray that the fruits of the Spirit could uh, permeate uh, things that are happening right now, self-control. I pray that voices, governmental and religious leaders, can bring some calm. And I pray that, um, Lord, that you could even use this time to bring us along further in our faith, our understanding of one another, our unity in the body of Christ. We just pray for healing of, of our nation. There's so many things going on, and, and we pray that it would drive us to the foot of the cross. In Jesus' name I pray. Amen. Well, I hope you're at Galatians 6, sowing and reaping. If you're physically able, would you stand to your feet? And we're going to read the text together. We're just going to read verses 6 through 10. Galatians 6, this is where we happen to be as we're moving verse by verse through the book. Galatians 6, verse 6. The one who is taught the word is to share all good things with the one who teaches him. And by the way, I didn't choose this passage for self-serving purposes, but I have a list on my website of things I'd like you to share with me. I'm just kidding, I really don't. Do not be deceived, God is not mocked. For whatever a man sows, this he will also reap. The one who sows to his own flesh, verse 8, will from the flesh reap corruption. The one who sows to the Spirit will from the Spirit reap eternal life. Let us not lose heart in doing good. For in due time we will reap if we do not grow weary. So then, while we have opportunity, let us do good to all people and especially to those who are of the household of the faith. You may be seated, Father. We pray right now that you would write your word on our hearts. We pray that we'd be good soil for the seed of the word of God. And as we deal with an agricultural uh, metaphor that is really all throughout the Bible, and it's a principle we understand, sowing and reaping. We understand that what we do matters. We understand that what we plant will come out one way or the other. So we need instruction, Lord, and, and we want to have ears to hear what your spirit says to your people. We want to reap what is good, healthy, beautiful, morally upright. But ultimately, Lord, we want to reap a harvest that glorifies you and is to your praise. So I pray that you'd use this text in our lives to make us more like you, make us more productive. In Jesus' name and all God's people said... Now, I know you were saying it when we were live streaming, but I couldn't hear you. So one more time, all God's people said? Amen. Praise the Lord. There's an old maxim that sums up where we're headed very well. Sow in action, reap a habit. Sow a habit, reap a lifestyle or a character. Sow a lifestyle, reap a destiny. Bad decisions are like a boomerang. They are bound to fly back and hit you right in the noggin, right? I mean, we've all gotten bit by bad decisions we've made, but I will tell you that good godly decisions will also produce 
They'll come back to you, but they'll produce a harvest that will honor God and will be a beautiful thing that can even feed other people. This is about sowing and reaping. Let me just pause for a moment and acknowledge that this is Pentecost Sunday. And many of you have heard about that. And let me tell you a little bit about the Feast of Pentecost. Now, the children of Israel had seven feasts that are laid out in Leviticus 23. Three of those feasts were called pilgrim feasts. They were required for all able-bodied Jewish males to go to Jerusalem during these three major feasts that happened in the spring, summer, and fall. The feasts were mandatory for all able-bodied males, Passover in the spring. Now, Jesus died on Passover Friday. He rose on the Feast of Unleavened Bread the Saturday that followed I'm sorry, he was buried on the Feast of Unleavened Bread on that Saturday. And he rose again on the Feast of First Fruits. That all happened on the same weekend. Those were all feast days for the children of Israel. And so Jesus became the first fruits of the resurrection. And from the Feast of First Fruits on the Jewish calendar, you count 50 days to the Feast of Pentecost. And so you begin to, what they call it, counting the omer. The omer is another way to say a sheaf. And they would wave an offering before the Lord uh, during the Feast of First Fruits. They would present the agricultural harvest. What you need to understand is that the feasts of Israel were ingatherings of harvests or crops from their fields. They were in agricultural societies. So they would plant things and they would bring them in. They were supposed to offer the first fruits to the Lord. When Jesus rose from the dead, he was the first fruits of the resurrection. From that feast of first fruits in the spring, the weekend of Easter, if you will, you count the omer, you count 50 days, or as the Bible puts it, seven Sabbath days. Take seven Sabbaths, seven times seven is 49. Very good. And then it's the day after the seventh Sabbath is the feast of Pentecost. Pentecost is a Greek word. Pente means 50. And the Hebrew way to say it is the Feast of Shavuot or the Feast of Weeks, the seven Sabbaths. The day after that seventh Sabbath is the 50th day. You count up, not down. And you get to this Feast of Weeks or the Feast of Pentecost. Now, you might remember that on that Feast of Pentecost, something amazing happened in Acts chapter 2. That's the time that the Holy Spirit descended upon the church. In Jewish circles, they still celebrate the Feast of Pentecost. It's a fixed day on their calendar. And they celebrate it in Israel. And they stay up all night reading the Torah or the law. And they read certain books of the Bible, like the book of Ruth, because it's around a harvest imagery. And they eat dairy products because... They believe that the giving of the law also happened during the feast or at the Feast of Pentecost. You'll hear more from Pastor Michael in a moment. Join Pastor Michael Lance on Sunday, September 27th for a discussion about suicide with Stand to Reason's John Noyes. Suicide's a leading cause of death in the United States. It's an issue that's touched us all in one way or another. Whether it's something you wrestle with personally or it's a friend who's struggling, it's at the center of our cultural conversation. Join me as I seek to give you some tools to address suicide in your own life or in the life of someone who's close to you. We're going to do this by answering three questions. Why is this important? Why do people contemplate suicide? And what can we do about it? It's time we start thinking biblically about suicide. 
The 633 event, Thinking Biblically About Suicide, is Sunday, September 27th. For details, call 844-48-TRUTH or visit walkintruth.com. That's 844-48-TRUTH or visit walkintruth.com. We'd love to see who's listening, so please connect with us on Facebook, Twitter, or Instagram. Just do a search for Walk in Truth Show. Now, back to Pastor Michael Lance, right here on Walk in Truth. In Jewish circles, they still celebrate the Feast of Pentecost. It's a fixed day on their calendar, and they celebrate it in Israel. And they stay up all night reading the Torah, or the law, and they read certain books of the Bible, like the book of Ruth, because it's around a harvest imagery. And they eat dairy products because they believe that the giving of the law also happened during the feast or at the feast of Pentecost. Because the Bible says in the book of Exodus that it was in the third month that Israel received the law, that Moses received the law up on Mount Sinai. And when he received the law, remember there were supernatural phenomena. There was fire and wind and smoke and the power of God. And those things were also associated with the giving of the Holy Spirit in Acts chapter 2. And when the law was given, you might remember that some of the Israelites didn't respond well to God's law, and 3,000 people were killed at the giving of the law. Fast forward to the Feast of Pentecost in the book of Acts, and here's how it worked. After Jesus rose from the dead, he appeared to them over a period of how many days? 40 days, and he was telling them things about the kingdom of God. Then he said, I want you to tarry in Jerusalem until the power of God from on high comes down. And they tarried for 10 days. The 40 plus 10 gives you the 50. And the Holy Spirit was poured out on the Feast of Pentecost. And people, you know, there was wind and fire, tongues of fire and phenomenon that were also seen at the giving of the law. Peter stood up to preach on that day. And do you remember how many people responded to the gospel proclamation? 3,000 people got saved at the preaching. 3,000 died when the law was given. 3,000 were saved when the Holy Spirit was given. And they were 3,000 souls that came into the harvest. Everybody with me? This is how God fulfilled the harvest imagery. He added 3,000 souls to the church. The Feast of Pentecost celebrates the wheat harvest in the early summer. That's where we are right now. This day is the Feast of Pentecost. And then the third major feast that Israel would celebrate uh, that they had to go to Jerusalem was the Feast of Tabernacles. Many scholars believe, if you think about the seven feasts of Israel, that the first four have been fulfilled. Passover, unleavened bread, and first fruits the weekend Jesus died. Fifty days later, the Holy Spirit's given, and we are now living in the time of the church, if you will. And there are many scholars that believe that Jesus will come in fulfillment of the three fall feasts, which are trumpets, the Day of Atonement, or Yom Kippur, and then the Feast of Booze, or Tabernacles. And think about it. The trumpet's going to blow, and Jesus is going to come. Uh, there's atonement language in some of the prophecies, and then he's going to come and tabernacle among us. Seven feasts in Leviticus 23. Four have been fulfilled. Three, some would argue, are yet to be fulfilled. And there are some that believe that Jesus will come the second time on the Feast of Trumpets. I leave that for your own consideration. You may say, Pastor Michael, nobody knows the day or the hour, so how could we know that? 
but Deir Hour is some language that's actually connected to the Feast of Trumpets. It was the unknown day because it had to do with the new moon. And so I just leave that to you. But I want you to see that even on uh, this, the biblical calendar, what we're acknowledging today is sowing and reaping ideas, very familiar to the Jewish mind. Whatever you sow, you reap. Whatever you put in the ground, if you will, will come out. If you put a seed for a certain plant, that's what's going to come out of the ground. If you put a certain seed for a certain kind of fruit tree, that's what's going to come out of the ground. Whatever you plant, whatever you sow, you reap. This is the law that God has put into his world. Similar to the law, I guess you could say, of gravity. If you were up in your car on the fifth floor of a parking garage and you drove your car off the garage, there's a law. It's called the law of gravity. And it will work if you drive your car off. Don't ever do that. Don't try that at home, right? Because there's a law in place and the law that God has put in place for our actions and what happens as a consequence of our actions in biblical terminology is sowing and reaping. And it all comes down to this, what you sow, and if you're taking notes, write this down, it's all about what you sow and how much of it you sow. That's what your life comes down to. Every decision that you make is about sowing and reaping. Now you can look at it in a negative way and a positive way. We've all sown things before with our words and our actions that we regretted, right? We sowed something, we planted something into somebody's heart. And just to use the imagery a little bit more, if you want your life to be productive in the things of the Holy Spirit, keep planting things of the Spirit in your life. Because as you plant things of the Spirit in your life, you get into the Word of God, you get into worship, you pray, you're in fellowship, uh, you're uh, listening to Bible teaching, whatever it is, the more you plant into your life of good, wholesome, spiritual things, what's going to come out is good, wholesome, spiritual things. The seed goes in. Remember, Jesus told the, the parable of the sower. And he said, the Son of Man puts the seed out. The seed goes out. And what depends on the productivity of that harvest is the soil. And in that uh, imagery, when Jesus told that parable, the soil is your heart. And so the seed can go out into your life, but the receptivity of the soil or your, of your heart is all important. On the positive side, it says in Psalm 1-3, the person who meditates on God's word day and night will be like a tree firmly planted by streams of water, which yields its fruit in its season and its leaf does not wither, and whatever he does prospers. The yield is the crop. In Hebrews 12, 12, 11, speaking of discipline, it says, all discipline for the moment seems not to be joyful, but sorrowful. Yet to those who are, have been trained by God's discipline in their life, afterwards, Hebrews 12, 11, it yields the peaceful fruit of righteousness. There's a crop if, if God disciplines you, get your attention, maybe he's done that in the last couple months for some of us, and you respond positively to the discipline. You say, okay, Lord, I hear what you're saying. I'm going to align my life to what you're saying to me. It will yield a positive crop. You will reap that. Whatever you sow is going to come out of your life. You might be saying, well, 
what if I what if I planted something bad? What if I planted something bad right in the middle of my living room? What if me and my spouse were arguing and I said some not so good words and I sowed those words into my spouse's life or my child's life or a coworker's life or a friend's life? What do I do now? I planted that seed. Here's what you do. Don't water it. Don't water it. Dig it up and get rid of it. I know some of us prefer the weed whacker. Anybody like the weed whacker? I like the power of the weed whacker. I got one of those really loud ones. I modified it so it could be louder. I'm just kidding. I didn't do that. And it's kind of fun. But some of the, I know that when I'm doing the weed whacking, the weeds that I just take the top off, they're coming back, right? It's just a matter of time. You got me now, they might say, right? But I'm coming back. But when you don't water something and you dig it out, you get to the root of the issue. It won't grow in your life. You're listening to Sowing and Reaping Part 1 on Walk in Truth. Pastor Michael's teaching in Galatians chapter 6, verses 6 through 10. And remember, if you missed any part of today's program, you can listen to Pastor Michael's teachings on the Living Truth app or wherever you get your podcasts. As an FYI, Pastor Michael is the senior pastor of Living Truth Christian Fellowship here in Corona, California, and you're invited to attend our Wednesday night and Sunday morning services in person or live streamed on YouTube. Join Pastor Michael in the Living Truth Christian Fellowship family in worship and for an inspiring teaching in the Bible. You can find Living Truth Christian Fellowship on YouTube and by going to walkintruth.com. Pastor Michael and all of us here on the Walk in Truth team would love it if you joined us. Now... Here's Pastor Michael. Well, as we consider the topic of sowing and reaping, this is certainly a biblical image, and it's, you know, it really makes sense, doesn't it? That whatever we plant, whatever we sow, that's what comes out. And sometimes, you know, we look at life, we look at our own lives, our own decision making. Maybe we look at a child. Maybe you have a teenager who uh, you might think, oh, it's too late. I haven't taught them well. Or, you know, they've kind of embraced this. This world's mantra that you cast blame, you blame shift. Well, I'll tell you, that's not just the world. That's in the Bible. Uh, that's back to Adam and Eve. They blame shifted, right? And we've seen that in the media too. Isn't it refreshing when you just have somebody just own it? They just say, yep, I did it. <laughs> it's my fault. I'm going to own it. You know, that's pretty much the end of it when that happens. But here we are with this biblical admonition, whatever you sow, you're going to reap. And here's the good news about this. You can change anytime. If you've sowed some bad seed, so to speak, start to sow good seed. Maybe you say, man, there's so much bad seed in the field in my life. Then start to sow some good seed and let the good seed crowd out the bad seed, if you know what I mean. There's always hope. While you have breath in your lungs, there's hope. Now, speaking about breath in your lungs, our next 633 event, and we do these special apologetics nights on Sunday evenings, is on the topic of suicide. And this is such an important topic. And, you know, the rates of suicide among the COVID uh, pandemic, as it's been called, have skyrocketed. Between the ages of 18 and 25, We there, a recent study came out that said that 25%, I believe, of those between 18 and 25 have contemplated suicide in the last 30 days. That is just alarming. And it's a topic that is going to be dealt with by a speaker named John Noyes. 
and he's from Stand to Reason, and he's coming to Living Truth Christian Fellowship, the great church behind Walk in Truth, in the city of Corona on September 27th to deal with the topic of suicide from a biblical perspective. What does the Bible say about this? How do we deal with it? How do we help people who are suicidal? Maybe you're feeling that way right now. Maybe you know somebody who is suicidal. Maybe you've lost a friend to this and your heart is just broken and you're trying to make sense of it. Well, we're going to deal with the topic. It's at our 633 event, September 27th. These events are free. They will also be live streamed, but you can be here in person. You can ask a question. You can ask questions anonymously. And the location is Living Truth Christian Fellowship in the city of Corona, 1009 Arsenal Way, right off the 91 Freeway and Lincoln Avenue. And if you've been listening for a while and you, you, you fellowship somewhere on Sunday mornings, but you're like, man, I'd like to go to something at Living Truth. Well, here's your chance. All the information can be found on the Living Truth Christian Fellowship app. You can download that in your app store. Look for the red logo with the pillars. Or go to walkintruth.com, mark your calendar, make plans for it, be praying, because I I believe the Lord is going to move in a powerful way that evening. Thanks for listening. This is Pastor Michael. We'll see you tomorrow. One more thing. Walk in Truth is a listener-supported program. Your $10 donation helps us broadcast on the radio, provide the podcast, and do free events about issues our society is facing today to equip you as a believer. So please give your donation at walkintruth.com. And join us tomorrow for part two of Pastor Michael's teaching in Galatians 6, 6 through 10, called Sowing and Reaping. I'm Mike Massaro. Thanks for listening to Walk in Truth. Our goal is to equip you to reach out with God's truth to all people.